This is The Michael Bryan Show. Hi everyone, welcome back to the show and today I'm joined with Nathan Gampol who is the inventor of the Kinetic Transformation Accelerator and essentially engineers transformation for his clients in a more repeatable and predictable way. Nathan, thanks so much for being a guest on the show. Oh, no problem. Look, I've been looking forward to this, uh, looking forward to the conversation. Yeah, it's been a, a long time coming and a lot has, has changed in terms of your ability to get results. I know, I know that for a fact. So how do you think about transformation as opposed to change? Yeah, fantastic question. Um, so how do I think about transformation? I think about transformation kind of like how people in the world of physics think about general relativity versus quantum mechanics. They're obviously related somehow, but we just don't understand how. And they're so different that they require their own instruments, their own thought processes, and their own approaches. That's kind of how I think about transformation versus change management. Change management is kind of the actions that help us change very specific behaviors or do very specific things. So oftentimes it's like, I want to change a specific behavior to X, or I want to get people to start doing Y. Transformation Change management is only one part of transformation. Transformation is a change that is so deep and is so lasting that it requires just a different, more, um, what I would say, holistic approach or holistic way of thinking about it. And that includes elements of change, project management, organization design, visionary, so, you know, or vision. So there's a lot of similarity, but they're really different. And specialists are those who obviously understand that and, and are able to um, work in that realm. If we stick with the same metaphor as like quantum mechanics versus relativity, do you think transformation will ever replace change in, in the same way? No, absolutely not. So they're actually complementary. And so what oftentimes happens, so if you look at like, you know, a lot of big management consultancies, change management is a practice that's oftentimes sold as an adjunct. So for example, there's a gigantic IT transformation. And so there's a need to bring change management in to obviously develop and, um, you know, develop skills and capabilities in using that new IT. Transformation is coming in a step before that decision is even made. Transformation is we even want to invest in IT. We even want to make the decision that we want to modernize how we work. And so there are a lot of processes that come out during that ideation phase before the decision is even made to purchase that new technology. And so, and then transformation obviously is a long duration process. And so change management works part and parcel. And so, no, they're not conflicting ideas. Rather, they are ideas that work hand in hand together as a team. How do you think about transformation in the long term being, I would guess, permanent or semi-permanent where change is kind of like losing weight where you make changes and there's this yo-yo effect where people lose the same two pounds or three pounds every year or every six months versus transformation being okay i have a permanent shift in how much i weigh let's say use that as an example or in the the business sphere is kind of like i make a shift that's permanent and then i never necessarily regress is that how we think about it yeah, it's actually, it's a really great question. Um, and it, it, it's a very intricate question. And so, you know, I'll start out with, you know, kind of the, the, what I would call the obvious answer, the answer that, you know, you probably see in, in your average newspaper. And the answer is, you know, transformations all around us. If you're a big business, there's so many pressures in the market that transformation is a never ending cycle. And that's true. 
But the problem with that is you can't really do a heck of a whole lot with that because if you're always changing and you're always flying around, you know, you, you're never going to establish that expertise or as like Malcolm Gladwell talks about, you know, in the book Outliers, that 10,000 hour rule, if you're always yeah. bouncing all over the place. And so the reality is, that's how I think about transformation. It's like transformation is everywhere, but the really good successful companies and the really good professionals don't try and fight that. Rather, they learn to dance with it. And so again, let's go back to that space analogy. I oftentimes, you know, analogize it to like being in a spaceship going through a, you know, going into a black hole, right? Surrounding the black hole, there's something called an event horizon and time slows down as we approach the speed of light. And so it's the same thing, right? You know, we know we're in this chaotic world. We know there's so much going on. We know we're moving at this incredible velocity and we want to pretend that everything's okay. And then, uh-oh, all of a sudden a meteor hits us. So, you know, hopefully we're consistent enough that we can take the shot and keep going. But sometimes, just sometimes, that meteor or that stimulus, as us professionals call it, is so strong that it actually knocks us out of orbit. And in the case of a company that may be accustomed to, I don't know, selling a product where it's based on relationships and, you know, getting resources from people that you've known in obscure places for so many years, and now you've got to digitize that because you need to make it more predictable. You need to make your supply chain more predictable, right? So you don't want to always have to change to that, but you also have to recognize that it's out there. And so the best companies are the ones that understand that transformation is everywhere, but they don't let that become something that really destroys them. Rather, it becomes something that is part of day-to-day -day life so that when the, when the changes happen or, you know, kind of the smaller changes, like a, it's more of a customization or an exception rather than the rule. And so the goal of any good TMS or transformation management system is to provide that infrastructure that basically gets that transformation or that transformation, you know, craziness, if you will, to some level of stability so that you can manage it like more of a day-to-day -day process. When you mentioned a dance, it makes me think, well, if we're dancing, some of it's out of our control, sometimes influenced by the other person or people, it's very reactive and responsive while also doing your thing at the same time. There's an element of juggling that kind of conversation through dance, I guess. In business, I imagine it's similar where there are some things that you can't necessarily control fully, but you can influence. I like using that word sometimes. So you can influence it as best as you can. Is there a Venn diagram of how much you can influence versus how much you can't? And then how do you have that conversation around acceptance while also still trying to move your business forwards? Because if it's a brick wall, you have this immovable object met by an unstoppable force and you both force yourself to go against each other but never really get in anywhere it becomes almost a wasted effort in a way if you hit this unstoppable force and you're an immovable object let's say it's a lot of work to maintain that when you both don't move how do you think about that kind of dance and how do you have that conversation if you have a company and let's say it's like okay you're doing really well but this thing you're never going to get past until you do these things let's say if they never want to get past it, how do they then accept it? How do you have that conversation with them? Yeah, absolutely. So you're asking a great question. So we're going to unpackage that a little bit by starting out with what you're touching on is what I call the 70% challenge. So let's start there. It's actually a very interesting statistic. What got me started on creating the TMS was I was in graduate school and I read this very interesting article. It basically said something, and this is like 20 years ago, something to the effect of, 
70% of change programs fail to live up to expectations. I fell off my chair. I said, wait a second, that doesn't make any sense, right? How is that possible? Like, how is it possible that like, no matter what, if I invest $1,000 per person per hour, or if I invest $10 an hour, or if I do nothing, I'm still failing 70% of time consistently over time. That's a crazy number, right? So either the number's wrong, in which case something's wrong, or the number, because I, because a lot of people seem to think it's right, or the number's right. And then I've got a, this, a, another big problem, which is why am I spending so much, right? So there's a lot of ways to look at that number. So, you know, I, I started thinking about that and thinking about that. And as I got older and wiser, if you will, I started realizing there's a lot of truth to that number. I had a client, for example, that I was talking to, and he runs the product at a major financial services technology company. And when I was talking to him about the TMS, his response was, Nathan, I agreed with everything you said, except for one thing. We don't fail 70% of the time. We fail 98% of the time, right? So, so the reality is, is that this is just a force of nature. And companies every day are grappling with, what should I do next? How should I do it next? But at the same time, to your point, I also need to get really good at doing something because I want to be known in the market and I don't want to always be whipsawing around, right? And so how do you have that conversation with, with somebody? The first way that you have that conversation is it often comes out as a need, right? The need is that we're doing a merger. We're implementing artificial intelligence. We're doing something. A good transformation solution should pay for itself which means it should be born out of need because a good transformation solution is built on what I call in my algorithm, a new way of working, which is called act, learn, repeat. Sometimes, you know, to borrow a phrase from the Bible, we do and we hear, right? And the reason that that happens is because sometimes in business, we just need to react and we need to take on faith that there's a bigger plan ahead and that if we do it the right way, it's gonna be part of something bigger. Well, if a transformation by definition is something bigger, then we should be able to do an earlier intervention, set it up the right way so that when you're faced with that challenge, you can deal with it more successfully. So that's usually how we have that conversation. We're not in the business of scare tactics. We're not in the business of, hey, did you know everybody fails 70%, right? Because that would be arrogant, right? There are a lot of people that, you know, are, are much smarter than me and are spending all their days, you know, helping to, 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 to do better and find out how your company can beat that 70% rule. But what really makes that big difference is, when they're faced with that challenge, when it really emerges, we're there so that when they're ready to ask those questions, we can provide the tools and the systems so that they get better and smarter at it because change is everywhere. And so when they make that investment to do that merger, they now have a system that's repeatable so that they learn to dance because dancing is a part of life. It makes me think of the dropout rate of things like online courses or membership yeah. platforms where even if people finish the course, do anything change? Does anything actually change as a result of doing the course, even if they finish the course? So when your friend was like, no, we've failed 98% of the time, I imagine that's factoring in the fact that people might finish the course 30% of the time, but then how many actually take action on what they've learned consistently enough and all the things that we spoke about, which playing devil's advocate, Nathan, you're creating a technology to create transformation that feels to me like a step up from online courses, meaning it's a technology that helps That's people right. do these things versus doing a course. So it's like done for you in a way versus you learning about it or any of those things. 
would the dropout rate be worse because it's a bit more detached in a way from the person doing it? No. So, so actually it, it's a fantastic question. So, so there's a couple ways of, of answering that question. It's a fantastic question. So, so first of all, this is a technology. It's not a consulting methodology. Let's put it that way. And so for example, we want to train people on how to do this so that they can scale it themselves. So right now, there's a there's something that's happening in the world, which is this notion of gig economy, right? So everyone's talking about it. And what we're kind of dancing around the subject is how to make an organization more agile. So the way that you make organizations more agile is you have to make work more agile. So in other words, if you're saying that you want to be able to put people in, bring people in who are subject matter experts to, let's say, manage a specific part of a program, but you don't need that person necessarily to be a full-time employee, I want to be able to selectively buy that expertise. And if I'm that expert, I want to be able to sell that expertise. So if you have like a standardized way of managing program change, it's kind of like, you know, a gigantic tanker ship, right? If you ever wonder how they stack those boxes on top of the tanker ship, it's actually quite brilliant. There are these four in the, in each corner is like a little prong and that prong is universal. It's kind of like in a system, an API. And so if you're creating a system whereby the data that you're capturing during a time of immense change and transformation is you through an algorithm turned into a program that has a base level of support. Now it gives you a sandbox that people can come in and out of programs as they're needed in a much more fluid and agile way. And so you're right, this is more than an online course that we're creating. That's why it's called a transformation management system. You know, it's no different than the analogy I like to give is like CRM. You know, you know, hopefully I should be as great as, as, as Mark and Mark Benioff and, you know, you know, Salesforce and all, you know, HubSpot and all these amazing companies. But, you know, that's kind of how I think about it. 20 years ago, when I started my job, if I said to you, you want to hire a salesperson, what would you say? What would you look for? Well, someone who's organized, someone who writes this stuff down. So someone got a bright idea. Why don't I just put that in a system if everyone's doing the same thing? Now you have sales organizations that are commercial organizations that are global and selling hundreds of billions of dollars at scale because of this technology. KTA is the same idea, only in the, in the realm of transformation. By creating a universal standard for how these programs work, by doing nothing more than creating a system around stuff that we do every day as part of a transformation program, we can take a sliver of a $500 billion global industry that fails 70% of the time and make it just a little bit more predictable. That might not mean a lot to me on a day-to-day -day basis, but to a company who spends a billion dollars, a hundred million dollars a year on change, that can make a big difference in the products that we see every day and in the work that people do to accomplish that. I wonder what people would do that are listening. Let's say they didn't necessarily have the ability to invest, but they're looking for, let's say, three simple things. Let's say they're like the pebbles that they drop into the ocean and the ripple effect is bigger than what they're doing, let's say. What could people do that are listening to kickstart this? Maybe they need something to feel it working before they think, you know, the train's moving now, I'll, I'll jump on, so to speak. It's so hard to get people to jump on the train when it's still. It's so much easier when the train's rolling downhill. So how can we get that train moving for people? Yeah, absolutely. So let's go back to the learning mechanism that I described called act, learn, repeat. So again, you know, this has no religious connotation, it was, it, but, it, but it actually was taken from the Bible, believe it or not. So there's a famous line where, where the, you know, the Israelites are up against the ocean and, you know, they have a decision to make and they basically say, we'll do and we'll hear. You tell us what to do, we'll jump and we'll say you how high, right? 
Now, obviously, nobody wants to live their life, you know, kind of do what you tell me, jump how high, et cetera, et cetera. That's not how people live life. But in reality, sometimes we have no choice. We have to act right? Sometimes there's change that's thrust upon us, such as, for example, when the 2008 financial crisis happened, then banks all of a sudden needed to defend mortgage practices, right? Sometimes change is thrust upon us. Sometimes change is something that we want to do because our product is no longer, you know, uh, is, is no longer sustainable and no longer growing. So in order to get ourselves out of that motion, we have to get started. And so from a pebble in terms of what you need to do, that's oftentimes the first thing to getting started is recognize that you have a transformation and not just an everyday change, right? Take a second to say, you know what, maybe I think I'm implementing an ERP system, but really what I'm doing is I'm implementing a new system that's gonna change how people in finance are doing their jobs every day and the people that they touch every day. That's a very different way to think of it. That might be transformational. And if I'm asking myself the question, is it transformational? Then maybe I wanna to talk to an expert because this has a high degree of failure and it can be very scary. And the reality is for people like me, it's scary. I mean, these things have a high degree of failure, but I see this every day. And you know, sometimes it's just a matter of a conversation and taking some of those data points and just saying, hey, I might have a transformation. And so I need to think differently about it. Yeah. The other kind of two pebbles, since you asked me for three, I, I want to make sure that I'm giving you your money's worth, as they say. Um, the second thing I would say is um, always make sure to be organized, even from the very beginning. And, you know, as I, as I write about in my book, you know, the mistake a lot of people make is they think it's about the tool. They think it's like you need a shiny tool to get it done. You really don't. Anyone can do it. Just open up a spreadsheet, you know, and all you have to do is create three columns. What do I need to do? What general category does it fall into? And when does it need to be done? If all you do is when you're faced with this big challenging situation is just get some basic form of organization, that's already going to put you miles ahead because you're already going to be able to look at things differently. And I would say the third thing is like the pebble is don't be afraid to try. So there's a lot of solutions out there and they cost a lot of money. And again, 70% fail. So it's very easy to waste money, right? But at the same time, you can't be afraid of trying. So find ways to try for cheap, make mistakes, but make mistakes purposefully, because if you do, you'll get a lot better data than spending a lot of time waiting for that transformation and for you to be ready. And you might get a lot more value out of those small you know, activities than you might realize. And again, that's all the stuff that we do. And if anyone wants to chat with me, they can always read my book, follow me on LinkedIn for my you know, wise words, so to speak. And you know, we're obviously reach out to the company and we're always happy to help. I wonder how we can think about helping people feel like they can fail. And a lot of people talk about this and the amount of times it comes up on the show is probably in the triple digits by now. But in your experience, what would you say was the easiest way of helping people feel like they can fail? Uh, lead by example. So I do this every day. So I work with a lot of Fortune 500s, whether they're banks or, you know, biopharmas or whatever, right? And these are companies that have pretty serious regulatory problems for even the smallest failure. Like imagine for a second you went to your bank account and your money was gone, right? That's a pretty serious responsibility that a bank has, right? So failure, to sorry the expression, is not an option, okay? So how do you get people comfortable with that? So the first way is you have to be able to set the example. Oftentimes as a transformation specialist, the reason that I'm brought in 
versus why can't we just do it ourselves is because companies realize they need to fail. And it's much easier to say we're hiring this guy or gal or whomever to fail than it is for me to fail who's been here for 20 years. So the first way you get comfortable with failure is you have to like be able to lead by example. And again, that's a good place where I come in or frankly, transformation specialists. There are transformation departments in companies with people like me who are there to do just that. So again, when you engage transformation, you're kind of setting yourself up for that, for that answer. Another way to fail is there are a lot of technology communication tools that people really don't understand. So let me give you another example, Slack. Right. And I shouldn't mention the name of a real product, but, you know, it's a good example. Right. So Slack really, you know, ushered in this more agile way of communication. Yeah. When it's used properly, email could be an escalation or a very powerful tool versus email in my private life where I just fire up an email. And if I say something wrong, I don't, I don't want that to happen, of course, but it's not the end of the world. Right. In a company, you can use channels to basically deliver power in a message. So by way of example, in a place like, you know, a financial services organization, an email is a public record. So if I need something to get done and I need to fail in a public way and I need people's attention that I'm failing in a public way, then I can use the communication tools at my disposal to communicate the failure, which is also, which is point three, which is have that plan for a failure. Because if you're going to communicate wide and you have a plan for how you're going to fail and all you're doing is communicating the failure, then you're not going to fail because you own the failure. So even by failing, you succeed because everyone's been part of the process. So those are the ways, those are some of the tricks of the trade. You know, it's, it's kind of like having a plan, using communication tools in a clever way or understanding how to use communication tools. That's like more of the media side of things. But as a transformation lead, those are things that you kind of have to know. And again, using those communication channels and really, you know, communicating that plan and having that person designated for that failure makes it much easier to fail because it's like, hey, he did what or she did what we asked them to do. So how can we be upset about it? Thanks so much for being a guest on the show. Those that are listening, feel free to subscribe, share the show, tell others and also leave a review wherever you are listening in to your podcasts. Nathan, thanks so much for being a guest on the show today. I really appreciate it, and I look forward to keeping in touch. Yeah, same here, and thank you for having me. All the best.